Good morning, church. Well, we're here again, and we're continuing to worship. And though we're not gathering here, we gather in our homes. We gather in one spirit, united in the presence of Christ Jesus. Uh, Joni Erickson Tata is one of the most inspirational Christian speakers today. But life hasn't been easy for her. She was an athletic young woman, and uh, after her senior year in high school, while diving into a shallow area of the Chesapeake Bay, she broke her neck, paralyzing her from the, from the neck down. It was devastating. Not only was she dealing with the, the physical aspects of the, of the paralysis, but also the emotional She was suicidal at one point. Spiritually, she couldn't understand what was going on in her life. She had just become a Christian. She just made a commitment to Christ that summer. And she just couldn't understand, why was God doing this to me? Why why did God allow this to happen? She blamed God. But she didn't give up on God. For a while... She started to make a deal with God. She said, God, heal me. Heal me because just imagine the testimony that I'll be able to give if if you heal me, if I don't have to sit in this wheelchair. For weeks, she prayed this prayer. And then finally, she realized that her life would be in a wheelchair. She accepted it and was willing to let God use her brokenness. Through the 30 books that she's written and her artwork, and by the way, she paints by, they put a, a, a paintbrush in her, between her teeth, and that's the way she paints. Through 30 books, her artwork, and through Joni and Friends, the organization that she founded, she has touched the lives of millions. Broken, yet Incredible. This morning, we take a look at a passage that Paul writes to the church at Corinth. It's in his second letter, and it's a a word of encouragement, but it's also a word about the nature of Jesus Christ within us and who we are. How God uses our weakness, our brokenness, our being ordinary. To do work for the kingdom. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Our strength and our redeemer. Hide me behind the cross, O God, that these words would be your words. And for what I don't speak this morning, I pray that you would fill in the gaps in our spirit. That your word would be made known. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Like Joni, in crisis, it is human nature to ask the question, why? Why me? Why now? Why this? Why? In most cases, there's no way to determine the answer to that question. We don't know why the world it is. We know that it's broken. We know that we are fragile. But as Christians, we proclaim the presence and the power of God within this broken world. 
to bring that which is not just good but incredible. For me, a better question to ask is, what is God doing with this? What is God doing with this? I think that's what Paul is getting at in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. The beginning of our scripture is, but we have this treasure. Paul is addressing Christians, followers of Jesus, and he's addressing those who bear the name of Jesus Christ. But but I think it goes deeper than that. He's addressing those that realize they're, they're not just believe in Jesus, believe that he was a teacher, believe that, that, that he lived, but that rather he is the Jesus of the cross, the resurrection, and the power of that presence. We have this treasure. During the COVID-19 quarantine, we've been home, worshiping at home. A, a few weeks ago, we had Easter and it just didn't seem the same. I was here preaching. Uh, David and, 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 and Lauren and Rachel and all of us were trying to do the best we can. We knew it was Easter, but it didn't feel like Easter. The building wasn't crowded. It was just, it was like Easter didn't happen. But here's the deal. When we celebrate the risen Christ, Easter is not just a Sunday. Easter is every Sunday. It is every day. It is every time that we say the name of Jesus as Lord. Christ is risen. Paul uses the word, uh, he used the word thesaron uh, in, in this passage, which translated treasure. But as often the case, as we take a look at the root of the Greek, we see that it's also more than that. In this case, it is a storehouse of treasure. Um, It it is overflowing with value. It has abundance. Paul is reminding us as followers of Jesus Christ, we we carry a storehouse of God's power. We carry a storehouse of what Jesus is offering offering to us through the resurrection. For God can take the ordinary, broken pieces of our lives and do what is glorious. Paul continues, he says, it is in clay jars so that we, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. Paul's making a very important statement about who we are. He says... As clay pots. As clay pots. And I guarantee you, if I were to drop this, it would shatter. It's fragile. Clay pots in Jesus' day were the most commonly used instrument around the house. It was used as dishes. uh, uh, It was used to cook in. It was used for storage. It was used as a wash basin. It was... um, Easy to replace. Clay was pretty common. It was easy to work with. And it was cheap. Kind of like Ziploc baggies and Tupperware in our day. You use it and you throw it away. They're disposable. In fact, in Jesus' day, um, 
you would take a broken pot, its pieces, and grind them up and put them out on the path or, or out on the road because keep it from being muddy. It was like paving. When I look at this, I think, is Paul being negative about us? This seems so negative that somehow we are disposable, that we can be used and thrown away, but that's not what Paul is saying at all. Paul is not focusing on us and the fragile, ordinary people that we are. He's focusing on the resurrected Jesus. That we as clay pots, as that which is fragile, when we are filled, we become glorious. Clay pots are meant to be used. Not sit on the shelf and to to attract some kind of admiration. They're to be used. And so are we. Imperfect? Yes. But on a perfect mission. God uses the fragile, the ordinary, and the broken to do incredible work. He uses us. And, 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 and as I think about this, I think, why would God use someone like me, broken and fragile, a, like you and me, a sinner? I mean, why not the most brilliant, the most, the most respected, the most high and mighty? But you see, that's the way God works. God loves us. And God sees within all of us potential. If we but carry the treasure of the resurrection of Jesus within us. The best part of the passage for me comes next. It's the promise that's made along with, uh, with this treasure. He says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. That's an incredible, incredible promise. And, and what I love about the Greek, New Testament Greek language is that it is, it is so full of nuances, particularly the adjectives. Like, for example, on afflicted, there's three words for afflicted, and they all have kind of a different meaning. This passage is a perfect example of that kind of nuance because every word cannot be translated with just one word in order to get the full meaning. Afflicted, but not crushed. Afflicted, theobo, literally means under pressure to the point of explosion. Now that's affliction. (laughs) Now that is affliction. At the point of exploding. At the point of being just crushed. Ah, But not crushed, says Paul. And there he uses the word ui stenochoridae. Literally, no holding back in protection. When God takes us in God's hands, he doesn't hold back any any protection. And and here's the the nuance of uh, of this word is that it is a protection that comes from the heart because of love and concern. Always providing always moving, always working. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Perplexed, a pario, means 
unsettled, um, living with doubt, confused. That's perplexed, I guess. But driven to despair, but not driven to despair. In expario, literally means providing a way out. We're not just talking about not having despair. We're, we're talking about God providing a way out. God providing a solution, providing extra resources. This treasure? <sighs> Persecuted, but not forsaken. Persecuted, diakiko, literally means to be hunted and forced into isolation. Now, we can all relate to that. <laughs> forced into isolation? <clears throat> to be hunted, but not forsaken. Oik ekalapio which means literally to never be left alone. Literally to be surrounded by allies. Literally to be protected in a bubble. We may be hunted, but as God is our ally, there is nothing that shall pierce us, not even the gates of hell. We shall never face any challenge alone. Struck down but not destroyed. Struck down, caballo, means not just to be knocked down, to be struck down, but to literally be held down, to be forced into the ground, to be paralyzed. Instead, not destroyed. Struck down, but not destroyed. Oak apollomi means literally restored and victorious. That's the promise of God. When we carry the treasure in these cracked pots. So what describes you this morning? Stressed out, mixed up, beaten up? Or, or, or maybe your life is rosy right now. You know, what, what describes you right now? Are you in a, in a place of Why? Let me encourage you to ask the question, what is God going to do with this? And, and not just with one circumstance, but with every. And each morning, what is God going to do with this? I'm really feeling great today. What is God going to do with this? I'm really not so sure about today. What is God going to do with this? Joni tells the story of being at a women's conference, and she was in the ladies' room, and there was a woman putting on some, some lipstick, and the woman looked at her and said, Joni, says, you know, you're just incredible. You, you're just, you know, you're, you're in a wheelchair, and yet you just seem so filled with joy, and you always have a smile on your face. How do you do it? Some of the other women around said, yeah, yeah, how do you do it? And she said, I don't. Let me tell you how my day begins. At 6 o'clock in the morning, my husband gets up to go to work, and he leaves. For an hour, I lay in bed, unable to move. At 7 o'clock, my friend who takes care of me comes in, and I can hear her making the coffee. And as she does... I think about in just a moment, she's going to come in. She's going 
to pull me out of bed. She's going to bathe me, to comb my hair and brush my teeth and put me in my wheelchair. And in those moments, I think to myself, I can't do this again. I cannot live another day. I can't go through this routine. And she says, so I pray. I said, Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my my help. You are my joy. And so, God, as quickly as you can, fill me with that joy and put a smile on my face that I might meet another day. And the woman says, well, what happens when she comes in? And Johnny says, I give her a smile sent straight from heaven. And then she kind of referred to her legs. And she said to them, she said, you know, whatever you see this afternoon was hard fought this morning. Ah, So much of life is like that. It is a, a going and coming. It is a, a, a living from day to day. What is God going to do with this? What is God going to do with this? For every day, in many ways, we start all over with a new challenge, a new temptation, doubts, fears, anxieties, or, or maybe with opportunity and with, with excitement. But still the question remains, what is God going to do with this? What is God going to do with this? On top of Joni Tata's paralysis for over 30 years, a couple of years ago she found out she had breast cancer. The radiation, the surgery, the chemotherapy was difficult. She was riding home with her husband one day after a very difficult day of chemotherapy. And she compared suffering to a splash of hell. And they began to talk about, you know, what is the splash of hell in our lives? And then she said, her husband said, but Joni, what about the splashes of heaven? Where do you see the splashes of heaven? She said, I thought for a moment and I realized that the splashes of heaven are not... (laughs) those easy, breezy days where things just go the way we want them to and we get what they want. She said, for me, those splashes of heaven is when Jesus stands in the way of that wave of the splash of hell. When in the midst of that splash, I feel the the ecstasy and the presence of Jesus Christ in my life. That's my splash of heaven. And then she says, and these are her exact words, I would not trade the ecstasy of Jesus in my life to even walk again. That's how much it means to me. I don't know where you are in your life or what's going on. Lord willing... Few of us will have to spend any time in a wheelchair. But there's going to be days 
weeks, months, even years of challenge. We live in a broken world, and for goodness sakes, we are but just cracked plots. <laughs> Let us take off the top of our pot, our clay pot, and let the holy treasure of God through Jesus Christ be poured out in overflowing. Let's, let's do three things today. Let's first make ourselves available to say, okay, Lord, okay, I'm going to ask the question, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this? Surrender then to the resurrected presence of Jesus and then be ready. Be ready for what God is going to do. We are clay pots filled with a treasure from God.